everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. This is Damon. I got Brett and Kyle here with me, and we are coming right off of Father's Day. And so an interesting topic came to mind as we were thinking about fathers is that, you know, sometimes for me as a dad, there's times where I need to be a mentor and sometimes I need to be a coach. And so I thought that might be a good place for us to start uh, our podcast today is talking about mentors and coaches and how for each of us, we need both. We don't just need only mentors and we don't just need only coaches, but we need both in our lives to help us to really be who God made us to be. And so for us to get started, one of the things that we thought would be really important is trying to define what a mentor is and what a coach is, because sometimes I think we can get those two uh, kind of intermingled and we think that they might mean the same thing. But really, I think if after we talk about it a little bit, we'll hopefully be able to see that mentors are different than coaches and that we really need a balance of both in our lives. So uh, recently I was listening to another podcast. Guess who... who, who Guess who sent it to me? It's probably Brett. Yeah, since I'm always sending them out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, shout out Mimo. Thanks for sending us another podcast. But uh, where they were talking about mentors and coaches, and this was the first time I heard kind of a differentiation between the two. And the way that they described it is that mentors are people who pour into us. So they're people that speak into us, help us to identify the ways that God has made us and speak life and truth into us. And then coaches are the ones that help try to bring that out, help us to try to step into that, help to encourage us to overcome and persevere and help us to see that there's more in us than we had previously thought. And so there is kind of a slight difference uh, between the two in that mentors pour in and coaches pull out. And so I thought it would be cool for us to be able to start off with, with, you know, the three of us have all been coaches in our lives. We've all been coached. We've all participated as coaches. So I thought it would be cool for us to start off with sharing a little bit about our experiences. So you guys want to share about either a coach or a mentor in your life that is memorable? All right. Since you want me to share about a coach, um, I think the one you want me to share about is... Uh, <laughs> coach Watt. No, we, we, won't, we won't go down that path. But um, Damon, you actually coached me. Um, you coached me after my, my, my dad actually coached me. And, um, I think what stood out the most is, I think I, I probably challenged you as a coach in maybe a different way than you were challenged with when it comes to the majority of the other players that you coached. Um, not because of my lack of willingness to listen to you or, um, the abilities, but more so because of the situation and my own personal struggles. And so I think you were one of the most supportive coaches in that I've had in my history of understanding my situation, but being a coach, still wanting to pull out the best for me, knowing that you didn't want that to stop me from, um, what I was capable of. And so I think, um, I'm sure you had to battle, not only me, but inside yourself of, of what to do and how to coach. But I think really what you did was um, tried to help pull out uh, like myself against myself. You wanted to pull out uh, the best part of that so that I was able to just uh, play and, and enjoy. And so I guess I've never really asked you that. So that would be kind of interesting to hear from, from your side of things. But um, yeah, I, I would say 
it was overall a good experience. I mean, we're still here and we still have a good relationship, <laughs> so I guess it worked out. Wait, are you wanting to hear my side? If you want to, real quick. It might, I know it could be a long story, but... Uh, I think for me, the hardest part was uh, of coaching you was kind of trying to find the balance between helping you to see what everyone else saw, mm. which was how much potential you had. Because I think, there, you know, as you were struggling with your anxiety, I think that was the hardest part because I feel like everybody else could see how good you were. And there were times where it's like, I've told other people this story before. It's like you'd score seven points in a row, get two steals, and then come stand on the sideline saying, take me out, take me out, take me out. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, why am I going to take you out? You are just uh, playing amazing right now. And so I think for me, that was that was kind of the struggles. Like, how mm -hmm. do I support you in a way that where you can see how much you have inside of you mm -hmm. in a way where you can feel confident in yourself to, to continue and not feel so much pressure on yourself. And, mm -hmm. and so... You know, I know that there were times where it was it was hard to find that balance and it was a lot of prayer. I know there were times where we'd, you know, step outside the gym and just go pray and things like that. But mm -hmm. I think that's an advantage of knowing you as well outside of just basketball, knowing you from church and other things that I, these are some extra tools that I had in my pocket that I could pull out and say, hey, let's go outside and pray or let's mm -hmm. go outside and, and talk about it. And and things like that, where it wasn't only basketball. Mm -hmm. So I think that those were things that, you know, were really helpful in our relationship to actually help us to grow closer together too, because we had to walk through that together. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I I, th I feel like part of that too was my relationship with my basketball coach in high school, mm. because I feel like there were times where he saw things in me that I didn't even see in myself either. Mm. You know, I the reason that I started playing basketball was because I would get picked last at church. And so that was kind of embarrassing, right? Cause it's like, these people are not even basketball players and I can't even get picked, you know, third or fourth. It was like, I was getting picked 10th or 11th. Right. And so I thought maybe if I just go to a couple pr tryouts and just try out, maybe I'll learn something and I'll, I'll get picked like eighth or ninth instead of, <laughs> <laughs> um, but after the first day of conditioning, it wasn't even tryouts, it was conditioning. Um, you know, I wanted to be there. I wanted to try to at least work hard. And so the coach saw that I was a hard worker. And then after that, he told me like, I want you on my team, you know, because I know that you're a hard worker. And I was like, but I'm not even good at basketball. He's like, I don't care about that. I see that you're a hard worker and I want you to be, be on my team. And really that was like a, a boost of confidence for me. And after that, I was like, I'm going to, you know, work my butt off for, th for this coach because he saw that in me. Um, but because he believed in me, it was like, that was something that I wanted when it was my turn to be a coach to say, like, I believe in you. I mm. believe in you. I believe in you. And so to help them to see like, there's more in you than you even see yourself. How can I help pull that out? Mm. Yeah. I think for, for me too, it's, seeing the, the coach's influence in the past and how that has shaped me to be a coach as well. Mm. Um, I mean, my volleyball coach in high school wasn't anything super dramatic, like um, that we had a super great relationship or this or that. But I, the things I remember was he was firm and tough, yet still cared about each person and didn't treat one you know, superstar better than somebody that was lower on the totem pole. Um, so I felt like he did a good job of building a team. Mm. And 
me also seeing some of my kids. Co- I've coached my kids, both of them in different sports, but I haven't been their sole coach. Sole coach, but seeing other coaches that they've had and watching them, it's kind of like what I think you were saying too, Brett, like or Damon, that pulling, pulling the potential out of somebody, mm. and just seeing that um, when those kids didn't see that themselves. And another part that I really respect from coaches is letting kids fail. Mm. Like I remember my older son wanting to pitch and baseball, like eh, maybe his third or fourth year, and he, he wasn't good. You know, was just <laughs> didn't have good mechanics and just couldn't throw the ball hard. But he wanted to, and he kept. He was persistent, and his coach said, "Okay, keep working on it." But he gave him a chance. But once he got out there, he had a rough inning, and the mm. coach could went out and rescued him and said, "All right, finally, like this is." And he was crying. It was it was a it was bad. I felt bad for him. But I, I personally, I also felt like, hey, you wanted this. This is part of what comes with it. Like mm. You have to kind of like fight your way through and even in the difficult spot. So I felt for that coach, I really respected that he actually made him, or not made him, but allowed him to fail in a mm. way where like, okay, I, I st- I'll still give you another chance, but now you know what it, what it could be like. And so you have to also own up to that part. And so I, I think seeing that from coaches that they're able to like pull that out of, of kids especially, but. I think that's really powerful. Mm. Yeah. So I think for us, you know, as we think about spiritual growth and spiritual maturity and, you know, really becoming like Jesus, right? Like that's our motto for this year, right? Pastor Barry, be like Jesus, right? So, or be like Christ. And I think for us to really get to that place where we are becoming more like Christ, we really need to have both mentors and Mm. coaches in our lives, people to speak into us, people to, you know, help us to see our identity in Christ, help us to see who we were made to be. But then we also need people to call us, call that out when we're not doing that. You know, we need people to help us to recognize when we're walking the wrong direction and to turn uh, to the right direction too. And so we do need both. Uh, What do you guys think about that? I, I had never looked at it with those specific terms, but I definitely felt the, um, well, I, one, I, I like the example and I like kind of the imagery that you can get from it. Just when you think of a coach and, and what the coach does and um, my own experience in being a coach, you you, you kind of understand the needs of leading a team and, and whether it's practice or whether it's games or um, dealing with specific situations, it is a lot of getting the best out of your players. You want them to perform. Um, and then it's also like, within with the the coaching within the coaching is like in a situation like you said Kyle where there was struggle it's like okay it, that may not translate to the scoreboard mm-hmm. but how as a coach can i use this to still have a victory moving forward right so that's part of the coaching and then um i i think the 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 balance or the tug that i've dealt with was leading with the middle school group um i've often felt like how do i be both how do I be a mentor, but also be kind of like a coach for them, like pushing them, wanting to pull the best out of them, but then also, um, you know, just pouring into them, encouraging them and, and, and um, walking with them. And so I felt like um, this analogy is, is good for, for me to, to um, yeah, have a better picture of what that looks like in different um, times or conversations that I'm having, especially with the middle schoolers is, kind of do I need to put on my coach hat, mm-hmm. right? And and do a lot of teaching and, 
and calling them out and calling them to step up? Or is this more time for a mentor where it's like, okay, I'm just going to pour in. I'm going to be there. I'm going to walk with you, be a big brother type thing. And so um, I really like the analogies and I agree. It, you, everybody needs both because um, I think it's one of those things. If you get too much of one, you kind of lack in other areas or you're not able to fully see the, the full picture. Yeah, I, I I really agree with that too. And when you were talking or sharing, Brett, I was thinking of coaches. I think it's coaches and mentors both. They have like the, the long game in mind. Mm. So it's not just about the quick result or the instant fix. It's about, okay, there, there might be a season of like, this is going to be a struggle or this is actually might look like it's going downward, but it's actually, they can see past that and knowing that this will actually bring more fruit uh, mm-hmm. later. Um, but it's, it kind of reminds me too of that a lot of the stuff, like in my message too, I talked about in that resilient book we're, we're reading as staff, they have the spine and heart. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of like opposites and in messy grace we've, we've referenced a lot of times or grace and truth. I think uh, whether there's a lot of things in our, in our spiritual lives, but in our, just our daily lives too, if we have over a reliance or over, um, abundance of only one, <coughs> excuse me, one side of a, of an equation like that, we really, uh, actually can suffer. Mm. And so I think this one, the, the mentoring, the pouring in is so powerful. And I think uh, growing up, I think I probably didn't have that experience. I probably had more of the coaching experience. Like, mm. I don't know, uh, coaches, parents, teachers, things like that. It was more like trying to pull stuff out versus pour in. I do feel like at Catalyst, it's maybe it's reverse. It's a lot more about pouring in, mm. but then maybe not so much about trying to pull out. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, like I said, I, I feel like it's important for us to have both and to have balance. And one of the things that I've noticed at, when I was coaching is that there's a lot of people when it comes to athletics that – you know, they think that they're the coach too. So mm. it's like their kid, you know, parents think they're the coach and then the coach is the coach. So then the kids, some of the kids didn't have people pouring into them. They just had everybody trying to pull out. And then those were the kids that got burned out. They they didn't like playing anymore. They wanted to quit at times because they felt like they were just always being, you know, tugged and pulled and no one was ever pouring into them. And so they were being pulled from a dry, a, a dry well, basically. And so I do feel like there is an important need for, you know, when I saw that, I was like, when I'm a parent, if I'm not the coach, I want to make sure that I'm there to pour into my kids so that when the coach is trying to pull something out of them, there's something to pull from, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think there is a balance that we need to find because then when they get coached or when the coach tries to pull something out of them, there's something to pull out. Otherwise, it's just, you know, pulling from a shallow, a shallow well. But then at the same time, we need coaches in our lives too because otherwise, you know, it's kind of like you're always constantly being fed, 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 fed. If we don't do anything with that food, what is it? What happens? We get lazy and fat, right? And so we do need both. We need both we, so that we can become something, right? And they both help us to become more like Christ. Yeah, I, I think... When you, when you look at it like that, and Kyle, when you referenced how there is this um, balance um, on either end, it's like, yeah, you become lazy or fat, or it becomes like performance mentality, right? right and in right. either way, where you're aligned with and your motivations for it is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think it's 
awesome that we're talking about this because it's, I think sometimes it's more comfortable. I think, especially like you said, Kyle, with our church, it's a lot more, um, I wouldn't say mentoring, but just that feeling of pouring in. And I think that's awesome. I think that's Mm -hmm. why people feel so welcome. Mm -hmm. That's why there's that family atmosphere. But then when it comes to some of the either weaknesses that our church has just as a whole or areas that we haven't experienced or don't have as much um, quote-unquote success in, I do think there's probably a lack of some coaching Mm -hmm. that it's like, hey, no, you guys can step out into this. You guys can do this. Like, you know, it it may be feel unknown to you or new or, you know, it's just like when you're learning a new skill, the first time you try it, most often than not, you're not going to be that successful or it's not going to come as easy or you're thinking about it a lot. But as you practice it more and as the coach sets you up to practice, do drills, go home and practice, tell you what you need to work on, it becomes second nature or you're able to do it. And so I think um, it's cool that this is something um, you guys brought up to talk about because um, just as individuals it's necessary, but I also feel like as the church body, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love our pastoral staff and the people that lead our church and and their awareness of this type of thing. But I do feel like there's areas where, yeah, like, you don't want to be, you don't want it to come game time and then feel like, okay, you know, everybody was telling me like how good I am, but there's no coach to like lead us in the game, right? Or like, oh, I think you're pretty good or you're doing a good job. Just try hard or like, you're awesome. And then it comes to game time and you're like, I don't know really what I'm supposed to do, yeah. right? And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really interesting that um, this topic, I think could, um reveal some areas Mm -hmm. that um, we all need to step up in. Yeah, I think um, for those of you listening, I think there's areas where we might just be introspective in our lives and say, do I have a lot of mentors in my life? Do I need someone to be a coach? Or Mm. do I have a lot of coaches? Do I have a lot of people that are trying to pull stuff out of me and I don't have a deep well Mm -hmm. and I need to find more mentors? I need to find someone to speak into me and pour into me. And so I think when we talk about subjects like this, we can use it as a way to be introspective, think about our own lives and say, what is something that I might be missing? Mm -hmm. You know, am I missing that place or that person or those people that are pouring into my life to speak into me, to give me the encouragement and refreshment that I need because everywhere else is pulling out of me or do I have a lot of people that are pouring into me and I really need to have someone that's calling me to step out, calling me to use what I've learned. You know, one of the things that is interesting that I've been hearing a lot recently is that, you know, we're in an information age right now where we get a lot of information, whether it's TV news, radio news, Twitter, Instagram, we're constantly being being bombarded with information. But what's really different about where we are now compared to, you know, previous generations is we have so much information, but it doesn't necessarily call us to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. So we are in this habit of learning more, getting more information, but not doing anything with it. And so I, what I really feel like God has kind of been spurring me in, and I feel like he might be spurring our church in is now what do we do? We we are getting all this information. We need to do something with it. We're learning about these different things. We need to do something with it. And so for sometimes we need to have coaches to help point out, well, what are we supposed to do with that information? 
you know? So I think that's one reason why, like, for example, you know, last year when we started talking about fasting, it was like, okay, we're talking about fasting. Are we just going to talk about it or are we actually going to do it and try it? Right. Mm. And so for me, you know, after Mimo sent me the first fasting podcast, it was like, okay, that was really good information, but am I supposed to just hear about it? Oh yeah, that's good information and do nothing. But I really felt like, no, what I want to do with my faith is I, I want to take the information that I'm hearing and then try to figure out how does that apply? What am I supposed to do with that? And so from then we started, we started fasting and I'm, st- I'm still fasting once a week um, because I, I want to try to do something with the information that we're mm. taking in. And so I think that's something just to be aware of for our generation and, and this time is that there is so much information out there that I feel like God wants us to actually take that information and then do something with it too. Yeah. It's that, that information needs to lead to transformation, right? Mm. If it's just, if you just take it in and it doesn't do, there's no action with it, then it's, just going to stay in your head mm-hmm. it's got to lead to some kind of transformation and i and actually mimo kind of sent me and damon a, a podcast i didn't listen to it but she kind of summarized a little bit about it and that concept of information tr- and uh transformation and it was good because i felt you know she was just in in that text she sent us she's like yeah that it it made me like sit back and or pause and go like i like taking information and she likes to learn and she likes to gather stuff but then she was like what am I doing with it? And I thought Mm. that was really good because you have to, at some point you have to be, like you said, Damon, introspective. We have to see like, all right, am am I just being a taker right now? Or am I actually like transforming that into something? Because that's that's really what God wants. He wants us to be transformed. Yeah. It leads me to the thought as you guys are talking about like coaches and mentors, I I think, you know, those of us that are being introspective or thinking about it or, or reflecting our own lives, I think another important thing to think about is like, are we coachable or do we want to be mentored? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I mean, part of it helps if you have a good relationship with that person or those mm-hmm. people. But if you're not willing to be coached, you know, a, a coach can point out, Hey, you need to do this. You need to change your form here. Hey, if you practice this, you'll be good. And if you just say, nah, you like, you don't know what you're doing or I'm good. Then you're not allowing the coach to do his job either. Right. You're not having the faith that he sees what he sees in you or, or what your potential. And so for us, like, do we want to be held accountable? Do we want people to call out things where it's like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Or, Hey, think about doing this. Or have you thought about, you know, things that challenge us, Mm -hmm. things that require us to step up to the plate where, when we're being called out. Right. Or when we're being mentored, are we able to receive? Do we see what those people see? Are we able to take in and Mm -hmm. value the words, the prayers, the encouragement, the, uplifting that people are giving us I, I think it's easy to point the finger and say well no one does this for me or this per- I don't have someone that does this which may be true but I, I think if you are in a place that you're ready that you want and you're willing to work through some of those things you're wi- willing to be coachable you're willing to have a mentor then um, I think that's when that connection and, and, and it really works right if we were all if in, in all of our situations as players when we were being coached if we all just didn't really want to be coached thought we knew the right answers thought we were better knew what to do we wouldn't see that way we wouldn't ha- we wouldn't be able to share about our coaches in that light because we would we wouldn't be listening to them we wouldn't be following their direction and so even in life you know as we talk about coaches and mentors like we need to be coachable we need to be mm-hmm. 
aligned, willing, ready, have to deal with some adversity and, and figure it out. Yeah, it's funny when you said that because I've coached both of my kids and the coaching your own kid is one of the toughest dynamics, right? And you had your, your dad coached oh, you, yeah. right, my, Brett? I, I made yeah. my dad go into retirement <laughs> for my team. And it's so tough. And I just had it this past season and uh, dealing with Ezra and like seeing something from the outside, like having a different perspective and saying, I, you, you need to change this or this. It's like on form or some kind of you know thing that's visible, mm-hmm. not not an internal, like so much approach because that one, that, that's a little harder. It's more of a judgment thing. For sure. But seeing like, okay, there's a there's something go- out of whack here and then hearing from him, no, that's what I'm doing. Or that's, you know, like he's, <laughs> he's in his own mind, either just not wanting to hear it or he thinks he's actually doing it a different way. Mm. But an outside view can actually point that something out like, no, you might think you're doing this, but you're actually doing this. And that's actually going to like make your performance suffer, right? Uh, getting ready to say something. No, I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> I, I have a ton of experience yeah. being where Ezra was. <laughs> but it's but it's funny as a coach, like you have to be able to go to that place and even accept some confrontation. Because mm. I know, and I even have that conversation, I've had it with both of my kids, that's, that, that sense of be coachable. Mm. Hey, I, I know we're, that, we're in that father-son dynamic right now, but just view me as a coach, be coachable, listen to what I'm saying, don't take it as me from as your dad, because I know that can bring a different dynamic. Yeah. Take it and be coachable. And then I've, I've seen them actually do it and then get the benefit from it. And it's like, okay, you know, like it's there, but then also the other side where then they dig their heels in and you have to know like when to let it go and okay, well then you're going to have to yeah. suffer through it, yeah. you know, but um one thing when when you were sharing, Brett, I was I was thinking even for our listeners, even using those terms might be hard mm. because we've probably all had bad coaches too, mm. right? Or maybe even bad mentors, like people that disappointed us or let us down. But you know, even coaches, you think of, I, I think of Bobby Knight, right? Like uh, Indiana basketball coach throwing chairs across the court when he was mad, or you know, just like coaches that yell a lot, like Mike Ditka, his face getting all red and just. So if people have that that view of a coach in mind, then they're mm. going to be more maybe standoffish. Like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know if I want a coach in my life because that's that's not the kind of person I want. Mm. And I think being a coach, it's hard of trying to walk that fine line of pulling out of people in a way that you still have some kind of heart connection. Like you said, you you have to be able to trust the person, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing in when you're coaching in sports, but then in just in life too, because we all we all can see things in other people and we've had other people like point stuff out in us too. And it's hard to receive it, especially if it doesn't come across right. Mm. <laughs> you kind of ended kind of abruptly. So I, was, oh, I thought you were like ready to jump in. So I'm like, all right, I've been talking for a while. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, so in my men's group, we just recently went through the book of James. And I mm. think, you know, in that book, they talk about the, um, interrelationship between our faith and our works. Mm. And, you know, some people will say it's just, you know, salvation is from faith alone. And then James talks about, well, you know, show me your works. What are you actually doing with that? Right. And so I think, you know, when he's talking about that, he's talking about it, not that your works are saving you, Mm. but it's that your works are a representation of what you really believe. Right. And so I think that's part of how this interplay of mentoring and coaching and the things that we're talking about right now go together is really we want the things that are coming out of us to be uh, a picture of really what God is pouring into mm-hmm. us too. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so if God is constantly pouring into us, showing us how much he loves us, but we're not doing anything with that, then we're not really going to be a reflection of who he is, mm. right? And so when Jesus would say things like, I only do what I see the Father doing, right? He's recognizing the Father's pouring into him and he's doing something with it, right? And so really that's part of where we're, we're going with talking about coaches and mentors. Is as we're trying to be like Christ, we're trying to do the things that Christ did, we're trying to become like him. Well, for us to be able to do that, what we want to see it, or what God wants us to see is that our faith, what we believe, the information that we know, the things that... God is pouring into us is actually coming out in what we do. Mm. And, and really that's what a coach's role is, is to get you to perform when the, on, when the game's on the line. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, that's really good. That's, that's a really good insight. And I, while you were talking too, I, I got off onto a different thought pattern and it's has to do with parenting because as parents, we, we need to be able to offer both roles to our kids and it might be the same parent can do both roles or both parents do different roles or they do them in different at different stages of their kids lives but um that's that can be hard to wear the different hats too and the kids might respond well to the mentoring part and not the coaching or vice versa and that's some that's temperament but i think even in our kids they need that balance growing up to have both um and it kind of makes me it I'll just, I'll share something practical because I, f- I forgot to share this in my uh, Father's Day message that with Eli, I'm, I'm kind of being that coach aspect of him right now. And I'm trying to mentor him as well, but there's a coaching aspect of calling him out to be a man. And I, I forgot to mention that in my message, but I'm using that terminology like, hey man, like do that kind of behavior. That's like what boys do. Like men do it this way. They think about others. They do this, they do that. Or even just a firm handshake, looking people in the eye. Like, I'm, but I'm using that terminology and not all the time, but like here and there, like, Hey, remember you're on that journey to being a man. So I'm trying to pull out from him. Like it's in him and it needs to come out more as he gets older. But it's like, I need to coach that in him. Like, and, and there's a part of it, it's mentoring, but it's like, I'm trying to pull it out even by the words I use. Like that's who you are. That's who God made you to be, like step into it and, you know, little by little. But it's, I think as parents, we need to be intentional, you know, in the wording we use. And then I was also thinking like, you know, in in parenting, I've, I've been guilty of it at different times too, of uh, our parenting styles. You know, it can be like a helicopter parent where you're wanting to protect and you're wanting to like keep them from trouble and, and pain and suffering. Or you're a snowplow parent where you just try to clear the way so they don't have to deal with anything. But all of those things, they, they have ramifications down the line too. And then do, playing those roles, we're not playing like that mentoring coaching role. We're actually, you know, kind of diverting from that. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that, that part in there at least as we kind of wrap up from or transition from Father's Day. But I thought that's an important thing for our listeners to, to think about. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of times when it comes to parenting and parenting styles, if we're not intentional about you know, how are we going to do things, then a lot of times we just default back to how we were parented, right? And so I think for us to move forward in some of these ideas where we're either pouring in or calling out in a healthy way, you know, we have to be very intentional about how we're doing it and kind of think it through. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just going to be the default of, I'm just doing what my parents did to me, or I'm just, you know, doing it that way. And, And for a lot of people, there's one way or another that leans pretty heavy. I mean, it, it could be like what they're what they were modeled, but it also could just be my 
your personality. Like, mm-hmm. well, this part's easier for me, so I'm just going to only do that. Like, well, okay. Well, then you have to find a, a balance to that. Who else can provide the other side so that they're getting both? And like I said, some parents, I think, can wear both hats. I, I try to in certain aspects, but I think Mimo has like better giftings in certain ways. I think I'm more of the coach. She's more of the mentor. But I, I've learned from her like certain things like, oh, I can do that. I can do, or at least I can do it to a certain level, and I need to wear that sometimes because we both spend different amounts of times in different um, situations with our kids too. We're not always together. I don't think I got to tell you guys, but happy Father's Day to both of you. I didn't, I, Thank I, I you, was Brett. Busy. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm just taking it all in because uh, I, I, I think I, I think of some of this um, hypothetically because I don't have any kids. Right. And um, teaching kids or being around the middle schoolers gives me a, ta- a small taste, but it, it does make me curious and question, um, you know, the things that, that I see, how I feel, because... The other thing about it is until you're there, you know, I could have all the the, <laughs> the plans and ideas of this is how I'm going to do it. Yeah, or all the things. Okay, that's good to do. I think I want to do I want to do it like that. Yeah, until it comes into play. And so um, I think in all that, that to me, it rings true where in all stages of our life, um, we could have people coaching us and mentoring us, right? Like right now in the season that I'm in being married and, and figuring that out, you know, I ask you guys a ton of stuff. And, and part of that is me trying to be coachable, me wanting to, to see and, and, and ask people who have more experience. Right. And you guys have done a good job of, of giving your input, but also just um, mentoring me and encouraging me and who I am in the season I I'm in. And I'm sure um, God willing, I get to that next season. I'll be coming to you guys for the rest of your playbook <laughs> and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But I, I've just been noticing for myself personally and how in different seasons of my life, I, I have needed different styles or different things in, in coaching and mentoring. And um, it's been really fruitful uh, for me personally. I think you bring up a really important point there. Like, even though you're not a parent, you're, you're a parent in our church, right? You're a spiritual mm. parent. And I don't, ta- I don't say that lightly. And it's an important role that you can be a mentor or a coach for other people's kids. Mm. It doesn't have to be just your own. I think with, with your own, I think it's even harder in some ways. Mm. It's easier because you have more time together, hopefully, or at least you, you have more time together. But it's harder in a lot of other ways because you have a lot of time together. <laughs> so, <laughs> that stuff. But I, I just, because it just clicked in my head uh, before we ate lunch today, uh, Damon's daughter, youngest daughter came in and had an issue with all the other kids and wanting to play together. And I just kind of stepped into it, and I, I thought, like, you know, I need to step in. And she kind of came to me anyways because it had to deal with my kids as well. And I thought, yeah, I can step into this role, and I'm going to speak into her about hey, acting like a, an older kid and, like, changing, you know, like not being annoying, not being pouty, not being, you know, things like that, and calling that out of her. Like, hey, you're, you're growing up too. Like, you can act like, you mm-hmm. know, an older kid. And I think that comes, it's different than coming from you, right, Damon? It's oh, yeah, because I tell her exactly the same. Basically, <laughs> I was sitting there smiling because Kyle was telling her exactly the same stuff that I tell her every single day. <laughs> so, But the way that she receives it is very different yeah, when it comes from right. someone else and someone else that she respects, too. Right. And so I think in that way, you know, for all of our Catalyst family, you know, if you're an adult, when you interact with some of the kids they will look at you very differently and they'll take what you have to say very differently than what they'll take from the the parents, even though they're hearing that they might be hearing the same exact words from their parents as they're hearing from you. They'll, they'll receive it in a different way. 
And a lot of times it's, wow, this person is taking the time to speak into me or to help me to recognize something. They must be seeing something. Right. And so, yeah, don't discount, uh, you know, your, who you are, Brett, in your capacity as a spiritual parent to all of our kids. I mean, my kids love you and the things that you say, you know, the things that you share in the forge with Dylan, he, he shares with me and it's like, he's really, you know, taking it in and really trying to wrestle with some of the things that you're trying to teach him. And so for all of our Catalyst family, whether it's our own kids or just other kids that you're inter- interacting with, you can be a spiritual parent, a coach, a mentor, take on these different roles and really speak in and help raise our kids. You know, that's been something that we've been talking about as a church staff. It's like, it takes a village to raise the kids. And really it does because there's just so many different roles and so many different things and just the different ways that our kids can receive from different people. It really helps to help our kids be well-rounded. Yeah. It takes intentionality, right? You have to be intentional. And, and, and in the situation we had earlier, I asked Eli a little bit later, like, how'd it go? He's like, it was really good. She was, she, not that she had to comply, but she behaved like, like the rest of them. Like they were all like more mature and she played the game well and it, it wasn't annoying. And he's like, yeah, she did. She, it was really fun having her there. And I asked Riley, she's like, yeah, it was fun. I, I got to participate. So she was excited. And I think from, from my approach, I wanted to be firm with her and I wanted to call out like, Hey, well then you have responsibilities yet. I wanted to show her that I wanted to support her. So I was her voice. I went and like intervened for her to, Hey, She's willing to like mm. go with your rules, mm. all, and can you guys give her another chance? And, you know, like, she says she's changed, and she said she wants to participate this way. And so, you know, they both had to kind of come. To, but I wanted her to see, like, I, I'm there for you, but you also have to carry your end of the the bargain. So, mm. yeah, just the simple things like that. But that's part of like kids need that from you know non-parental adults, as they say <laughs> in the resilient book. Right? <laughs> I said that in my message. It sounds so stale, but Really, like all of us adults, we we have we have a lot more power in speaking into our the kids' lives in you know whether it's your nephew, niece, whatever, whoever it is, or at church. But we have a lot more. Um, we can have a lot more impact if we have intentionality. I was going to say, I, I not that I dislike the term of being a spiritual parent when it's not your own kid, mm-hmm. but I, I was thinking about. It, I was going to say, well, I'd rather be to. I'd rather be referred as a spiritual uncle, but, but as a parent, I do see why like those words or even that mindset is like the ownership level, right? Mm -hmm. The, the relationship level and the, or if you're the, just the uncle, it's always the, well, when they're doing good or fun, Mm -hmm. I'll play with them. And then when they have time, Mm -hmm. okay, time to give them back to their parents. Mm -hmm. But the ownership of like, no, if you are stepping in as a spiritual parent, when it's hard, you're there. When it's good, you're there. When there's things that you need, rough conversations you need to have, you have them. When there's things that you celebrate, you champion them, right? And so even, for, my, even for myself right now, it's like, okay, you need to kind of change how you see it too because, yeah, it's a joke that the aunties and uncles, right? It's the best because, all right, it's time for a nap. Go back to your parents. You're right. getting fussy. <laughs> but the way that I feel towards your guys' kids and, and the kids at our church is like, no, like I, I it's more than... Not that the uncles don't do enough, but it's more, the mindset is more than an uncle when I'm teaching them. It's more than just wanting to have fun, making sure that they like me. It is that like, okay, at certain times, you you may not like me because of the things I want to pull out, but I know in the long run, the long game, like you were saying, you know, this is 
what I see that God has for you and the potential that you have. And so like, I want to help you get there. And mm -hmm. so you can be mad at me or annoyed <laughs> at me right now because you don't want to take notes or you feel like I'm being too theoretical and deep. But um, as long as it's sticking in there somewhere, I, I think down the road, I trust in, in, in faith that uh, it'll bear some fruit. Yeah. And going back to the situation that happened earlier today, you know, that's another reason that I was smiling was because I really appreciated Kyle's care in the situation and that, you know, he could have easily saw, you know, my daughter was, she came in crying. She was frustrated. He could have easily just said, oh yeah, go talk to your dad about that. But he stepped in even in this difficult situation to try to help speak into her and help her to recognize uh, the, the ways that she can even change how she was doing things so that she could participate with the group too. And so I really appreciated that aspect of it. It's like, he's caring for her more than just a friend or like, you know, my friend, but he's caring for her as a spiritual mentor, as a spiritual coach to pour into her, but also to pull out of her too. And she interrupted us. Right? Like <laughs> I, I kind of want to just like do the quick fix. Okay. Just get, just get out. We'll deal with it later. I mean, that crossed my mind, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but that's not helping the situation. It's not helping her. It's not helping them as a as a group. But I'm like, all right, well, let's <laughs> let's pause. And you know, it, it, but it's it was inconvenient. But that's really like that intentionality part too. It's when you're coaching. There's so many things that come in when it's, it's inconvenient. It's like it would be better if I just laid down the law and yeah. just told them what to do. And Go sit like, on the bench. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, okay, in the long run, that's not going to really help them that much. It's going to help the situation. And, so, you know, we need those at certain times. And even coaches, you need that at certain times. You, you got to get through certain things. But really, it's really like that, that the long-term view, um, if we don't have that in mind, it makes the mentoring and coaching aspect really difficult to embrace. And I think that's another thing that makes it hard in our in our context today is that just in our society, in the world today, everything is so kind of short-sighted, right? It's like mm. for the now, instant gratification, those types of things. Yeah. So it's really hard for a lot of people to look at the, the longer-term consequences or the longer-term strategy for how we're, how we're doing things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, as we continue to move forward as a church family— that we need to take into account is like, what is, what are we giving up now? Maybe in the short term for gain in the, in the long term. what's the big picture? What's God doing in the big picture? Is it, is it something that he wants me to sacrifice this small thing so that this big thing can happen later? And as we move forward, I, th I feel like that those types of questions are things that we might be having to wrestle with. I mean, I, I love the sports analogy because I could just do it forever. But <laughs> the last thing I'll say is when, when thinking about this is when you're thinking about like coaching or being coached um, or like, yeah, a, a mentor or something, the thing that comes to mind too is like, do you know what you're playing for? Mm -hmm. Right? Coaches, you know, I think nowadays there's a lot of this like you either win the championship or you tank because mm -hmm. there's no point of being in, in between. And that might not be a, a direct translation to us in life, but as believers, it's like, well, what are you living for, right? Do you not want to be coachable because, like what, does that not align with being like Christ? Does that not align with being a better representation of who God is? And if you're saying no, then I think you kind of need to reevaluate what you're quote-unquote playing for, right? But if people are coming to you, and, and of course they, you, you would want them to come to you in a respectful and way that can be received but 
if they're trying to help you take that next step in your relationship with God, if they're trying to help you in your relationship with other people or in ways that you can grow in your own walk, it's like, okay, like, what are, what are you playing for? Are you willing to be coached? Are you willing to take those steps? Are you willing to receive? Are you willing to to do it? Or are you playing for something else, you know? And, and I think I've had to, this past year, I've had to look at certain things in that way too, in being married and in serving being a representation of staff like what am, what is my game plan what is my head where's my perspective at and what is that that i'm representing and am i willing to do those things that are necessary for that and so i, I think it's important for all of us to, from every now and then to take a step back and say like well what what are we doing this for yeah that's good i think my last word for this podcast is for the listeners just to kind of think of and wrestle with what we talked about towards the beginning of information versus transformation. Mm. Like we, we, again, we're, sh- we're, sh- we're trying to share and get you guys to think about different things and generate, you know, either discussion points you could have outside or just for yourself, your in- internal wrestling with things, but don't let it just stay there. Don't let it just be information and a little bit of a challenge. Like, take the challenge and, and take the next step and do something with it. So, um, and that's, that's not just for this episode. That's for anything. That's for at church. That's for, you know, a challenging book you read or a challenging word you get from somebody. Like, don't let it, don't let those opportunities pass you by. All right. Before I sign us off, I got a picture and this was a picture of, you know, a caterpillar, right? Mm. And so a caterpillar, when they're young, all they do, what do they do? They eat, they eat, they eat, they eat. Yeah. They eat. Right. But the caterpillar is not the final form. Right. The final form is the butterfly and the butterfly that that's flying. Right. So if you were to look at a caterpillar and say, you know, what does thriving look like to you, caterpillar? It would be the flying butterfly. Mm. Right. And so but there is transformation that needs to take place for the caterpillar to become this butterfly that's flying, you know, that all the kids are looking at and, and stuff. And part of that transformation is it has to go into its cocoon. And something that I've heard is that, you know, if when the caterpillar and the butterfly is coming out of the cocoon, if you were to cut open the cocoon just to let it out so it was easy, then it would never learn how to fly. Because there's some part of that struggle that the butterfly has to go through to come out of that cocoon that strengthens its wings, that prepares to fly. So... You know, for a lot of us, if we're just constantly eating, 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 but we're, we're not having to go through some of those struggles, maybe that's something that's hindering us from thriving and flying, becoming that butterfly that's flying. Maybe some of us are not eating enough, and so that's that's really what's also causing us to struggle because we're not being fed enough. And so when we're trying to break out of, break through and overcome some of those trials and struggles, we haven't eaten enough, so we're not strong enough. So we do need both. We do need to be fed, and we also need to go through and make sure that we're being coached, being pulled out of so that we can thrive. And really, that's God's heart for us. Mm -hmm. So until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season. Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. 
We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.